claim truth is relative and moral standards are a matter of personal preference are often the same ones who most harshly criticize people that don't accept the current norm of correct thinking. And welcome to the TJ Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Desert Nation and the official podcast of TiancomsJavelin.com. This podcast and Tiankum's Javelin is part of the Radio Free Deseret Media Network. My name is Dustin M. Turner, PhD. I'm the ed- editor-in-chief of Tiankum'sJavelin.com. I can't even say that with a straight face. That PhD is 100% real. Uh, we are without JP this week, but I will not be flying solo. We've got a distinguished guest by the name of Danny. You, uh, if On Twitter, you would... Uh, are known as at back from that, which, uh, what, why don't you explain that? What, what does that mean, Danny? There's no real interesting story behind that. I, I had been on Twitter for a while and uh, it had actually become kind of a toxic force and influence in my life. I, I think as users of Twitter, most folks would be able to appreciate that. Uh, and so I, I decided to start fresh with a clean slate and approach this darn website in a way that, that benefited my, my well-being. Uh, and I was, I was just trying to think of something that I would, I would be uh, Benefits your well-being. That's kind of a weird approach. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and so I just, I was thinking of things that would work and, and I, I thought about how, um, you know, we come back from things, right? We talk about how we've come back from this hardship or this disease, you know, we've bounced back. And so that, that was the idea that I was thinking of. I've, I'm, I'm back from that. I moved on. I'm, I'm ready to approach this in a, in a new way and find new adventures. Awesome. And, and you're kind of, you're prone to taking uh, vacations from social media every once in a while. I haven't, uh, I haven't done that in a long time. Um, I did it for, I did it years ago. I took some time off and, um, I, I've, I've done the rebrand thing, but uh, JP, he's off for a couple of weeks. Um, and unlike uh, JP, when I took a vacation, I went behind his back and um, found a replacement because um, <laughs> I'm just not loyal that way. Sorry, JP, I love you. Um, but we are, we're so happy to have you on today. Um, so we'll just get on with, with the, the business at hand. Um, well, let me let me ask you this first, Danny. Uh, you you wanted to uh, be uh, you, you wanted to cleanse yourself and and be edified on on social media. Um, what what is it that attracted you to being hanging out with us hooligans? Oh, you hooligans, man! Because we all know that the Desnat crew they are the the bottom of the barrel, the worst of the worst, right? We are just waiting for official denouncements to come down from Salt Lake anytime now. Uh, no, I, you know, I, uh, I use Twitter for uh, staying informed about news and politics, but also for religion. And I noticed the same things that a lot of other people notice. You, you search some of these feeds sometimes as the topic comes up about why people stick around with this hashtag and it's all the same. We get here and we find Twitter stake and it's a bunch of people convention about how awful the church is and how 
aligned, the brethren are, and how we need to make things progressive. And uh, that was just awful. And I found people who were unapologetic about uh, following the prophet for everything that that means. And I, I just thought that was pretty cool. And, and there are folks who do things a little bit differently than I do things and who uh, approach social media a little bit differently than I approach it. But uh, I have found largely we can make this experience what it is. And I've, I've found in these Desnat Hooligans folks that uh, want to do what's right and, and the execution is uh, arguably better or worse sometimes, but I, I think that's probably true with lots of things we do in life. And so I'm, I'm comfortable to throw my hat in with folks who, uh, who believe in the tenets of the church and want to do right by what they believe. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's very interesting. I mean, uh, I, I really enjoy our, our interactions. I, I remember um, back about a year, a little bit more than a year ago, uh, you, uh, you had some harsh words towards uh, people in the using the hashtag I came in a little bit later too so it didn't really didn't really hurt my feelings because I'm like ah, I've only been using it a month or two right and you know so I wasn't like one of the uh, the original you know uh, creators uh, as they as they call them on the internet uh, I came in a little bit later but I was uh, a lot of people kind of look at me as, oh, well, you're one of the leaders. It's, I just like to use it a lot. You know, a lot of people are, will uh, say, well, I'm I'm Desnap, but they don't really use it a lot. Uh, I think my tweets are found a lot more because I use it. Um, so, I mean, I guess that's why JP likes me, <laughs> <laughs> first and foremost. Um, but, you know, and and uh, so, I, I mean, I'm sympathetic to... Um, the the execution aspect of some things that uh, went on and um, but I as time has gone on I'm more and more sympathetic to our our harsher voices uh, as you're, you you kind of see well you're you know doesn't matter what you do it doesn't matter you know uh, how nice you are uh, quote unquote <laughs> um, you be condemned either way. Yeah, it's, it's it's a tough it's a tough situation to be in, but um, no, I definitely am am happy to to know you um, have have made your acquaintance. We've we've met each other uh, in real life, quote unquote. Uh, we have. Yes, and uh, you are one of our more prolific writers on the on the website. Uh, you had uh, if oh I think it was last week so I don't know if you've heard last week's episode yet but I, I made mention of uh, we we did Kiankumsjavelin uh, dot and and my purpose in doing it was to kind of have a website not a blog uh, an all encompassing website a platform for for people to come to write at and it wasn't quote unquote a map blog. And so I was made, I was uh, taking a shot at our friend Matthew, and uh, you know, but the 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 intent was a lot of people have these little blogs and they're kind of just talking to themselves, you know, and and that's a great thing. Uh, Danny has a Matt blog, um, I do. and I am <laughs> and, largely talking to myself on that. And uh, it's it's prolific, and and I asked him to come and write for us, and. Um, and I think it's been mutually beneficial, wouldn't you say? I, I would, I would. I, 
it's enjoyable. I get feedback and, and I get to talk about things that matter to me and, and hear what other people think about it. So I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's worked out for all of us involved. I'm so happy every time you submit something because I can get my little uh, creativity going, find a place to hide a rainbow flag so that uh, readers flock to your writings. If we're looking for clicks, that brings in the clicks, don't it? <laughs> so uh, really quickly, what are you, uh, before we get into the, the TGA piece of the week, uh, what are you doing uh, as you bunker down in, in the quarantine as far as, um, what, what are you doing in, in your end of Zion? In my end of Zion, well, I, I uh, you know, there's a mix of, of personal and family and church stuff, of course. I, I've had a little bit more time this week, and so we're working on projects around the house, getting the backyard and the garden all uh, spooled up and ready. I'm helping my wife with kids who are, of course, uh, out of school and, and causing no end of havoc here at home and, uh, you know, following up with, with people at church as best we can, calling and texting and checking in. But it's, it's, much, uh, it's much different being separated from other folks. And, and it's, it's hard to, to adapt and to uh, reach out and, and look out for others while at the same time you're, you're really trying to figure out what's going on in, under your own roof. It's, it's a very interesting dynamic. So those are some of the things that I've been doing this week. We watch a little bit more uh tv together and and have those times at night to hang out so it's it's uh it's been a good experience so far i i look forward to it ending soon hopefully sooner rather than later uh but quarantine's going good yeah i think uh so we talked a little bit about this uh previously um i think that human humans uh, the the human experience is interaction and um, this is, this is a trying time, uh, for that, you know, we, we, there's a reason why the, the Lord organized us in stakes and wards. Uh, he, he organized us to minister. He organized us to, to, uh, preach to all the world, right? We're, we're social human beings. And, and I've, I've found this to be, uh, an interesting time as we try to, I think people are trying to say, well, this is a new normal, right? And and I have a hard time saying, well, no, I, I just don't think that that's the way that the Lord would have us be. Um, everything via FaceTime or via computer or via phone, I think he wants us to, to embrace. He wants us to hug. He wants us to shake hands, you know, and and uh, feel the, the warmth of, you know, uh, of a kind brother, sister. Um so I, you know, that that's been an interesting thing. So your your kiddos don't uh, fall under this uh, age bracket, but they came out today, and and uh, the church has canceled all camps for the rest of the summer. Um, and what what are you what are you seeing for for the future, or how long do you think it'll be till we're together again? I I wonder if if this isn't going to last for some time. You know, up until. Uh, just about probably eight days ago, 10 days ago, the direction from our area and from our stake was just to do stuff on your own and under your own roof. We don't need video sacrament meetings or elders quorum meetings or Sunday school meetings. Uh, 
but just this last Sunday, the church released, and, and everybody can look at it. I don't know if people have noticed it, but you can go into your gospel library app, and under the handbook and calling section, there's a new section called member and leader responsibilities. And that, for people who go and look at it, they say that these principles apply all the time, of course, but especially now during the pandemic. And you look at the slides that are there, and they're talking about staying home and staying connected in ways that I don't think we'd bother with if this were going to wrap tomorrow. I mean, I, I'm looking here at, at the slide that's focused on the youth, and they, they have a bullet that says, use technology to hold meetings and activities and devotionals to create instant choirs. I don't even know what an instant choir is, and I don't know how that would work over something like Zoom, but evidently the church wants us to look into it. Uh, using the Gospel Living app. Have you used that at all? Is that something that's actively utilized in the Dustin PhD household? It's, uh, my, my kiddos haven't used it. My, my kids don't have devices. Uh, so right. they have to, they don't have phones. They don't, you know, we, we kind of, we, we monitor them pretty closely on, on the, you know, the tablets, computers, but, uh, something I have noticed and, and I don't think it was advertised as much, um, is, is you can have circles in, uh, elders quorum and my oldest quorum president has been using them and, oh, and, you know, what thoughts have you had or, or, you know, he, he, um, he had a discussion with us on Sunday, uh, using the circles. And so, um, yeah, it's something that we're using. I, I hope that that, that that gets utilized more. And, and, you know, I just, I see that, I see the church moving from kind of a holding pattern where they say, you know, just keep doing what you're doing and, and make it work as best you can. Now we've moved from that on to, Hey, here are some, tangible things you can do to connect using technology in the interim. And that, I mean, that just signals to me, this, this could be it for a little while. I, I don't know. I don't have any insider information. We could wrap this whole thing up next week and that'd be great. But uh, I don't think you release something like this unless you're trying to give members the tools to, to cope over the next few months. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to just time it right to, for my first, you know, really killer dank meme to drop in the circles, uh, <laughs> just to kind of announce my presence. Um, if you've got any suggestions, please DM me uh, your meme for the local elders quorum circles, and uh, I'll let you know who wins. We'll drop it in. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll let us all know when the bishop removes your permissions from posting in circles entirely. I will screenshot it for everyone to see on Twitter. and. <laughs> And we'll uh, we'll have a we'll see how many likes that that gets. I'll I'll tell everybody in the circles I did it for the likes. <laughs> so, uh, well, the the announcement to me today it kind of caught me. I don't know if it caught me by off guard. It kind of left me. I think I saw uh, JP's wife actually, uh, Eliza Bellum on Twitter. She said she had mixed feelings about it, and and I I kind of felt the same way. And it kind of occurred to me that the, you know, there, as with everything, unfortunately, um, not, you know, our society is, has to have a divide on everything. Everything's got to be a fight, right? Uh, and, and this has become political in a way that I, you know, we couldn't have imagined 10 years ago, you know, something being political, I guess. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but it, it feels like, you know, um, either you, you know, want grandma to die 
or you know <laughs> you uh, get demagogued in in any number of ways and i think what the the first presidency is doing in, in canceling the camps and whatnot is he's taken liability off of the the shoulders of state presidents bishops right you know you may have your state president say you know what it's not so bad here in texas right right and um you know let's go out and do that camp right but he might face the problem of having that one parent <laughs> that says you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna blame you because my kid came home with a cold or you know or heaven forbid something worse right and and i i think that um you know, while I was kind of, oh, well, this stinks, it's the summer months, and I don't think that this really is going to go into the summer, that's my opinion. Um, you know, we don't have the cold and flu in the summer, especially here, 120 degrees. <laughs> um, you know, that, that thing melts away, but, you know, the, the, the prophet, the, the brethren, it just seems like they're taking the responsibility on themselves to, to remove all, all questions, all liabilities from, from our local leaders. They're, I think they're kind of taking the hit on this. What do you think? I think that's right. You know, ultimately, we don't want anything to come in between somebody in the in the church. I mean, things things are going to happen. Offense is going to happen. But to the degree that we can avoid that, mm -hmm. maybe it's good to avoid that. I was a home teacher for somebody when I was a young man. I went with my dad, and his name was Hank. And he used to live up in the Bay Area, and he hadn't been to church in 30 years because there was some kind of disagreement with his bishop. I've forgotten most of it right now, but the short of it was that his bishop accused him of stealing some of the paint from the ward shed that had been used to paint the building or paint the fences or something like that. I'm sure it was misunderstanding. I'm sure that things happened that didn't come through in Hake's retelling of that story, but it was enough to push him away from the church for the rest of his life. And that of course had an impact on his sweetheart and there, my dad and I were sitting in his living room trying to get him to come back to church, and he was just having none of it, all because of that offense that happened with his bishop three decades earlier. And so, if, if like you say, if, if there are going to be parents that have concerns about this, or even teens that have concerns about this, uh, if, the way, if the way that this issue has been politicized is going to cause rifts or disagreements, uh, then I think you're right. The church just perhaps is taking the, I mean, who, who knows why they're doing it? There's probably a lot of good reasons that they're doing right. it. But if one of them is just to step back and say, hey, this isn't, this isn't a place where we're going to plant our flag. This is not a line we're going to draw in the sand. This is not a, an opportunity for people to divide themselves within the church. Uh, then I think that's great because if it's whatever, whatever people use to prop up as a reason for their absence from the church, it's, it's sad and it's unfortunate and it deprives them of blessings for the rest of their lives and, and probably for generations. And so if we take this off the table, uh, that's a wonderful thing. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I agree with you. And, and I mean, if anyone's going to divide, let us do it on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> right. In a controlled environment. <laughs> yes. Yes. So we're, we're the little Petri dish. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, before we start into your piece, Danny, um, on Tiankum's Javelin. I just wanted to remind everyone to please like and uh, subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. We are trying to get it on multiple platforms. I know that uh, I've had requests for Apple Podcasts, so we're working on that. Um, like us on Facebook, at Tiankum's Javelin. We just passed 500 likes last week on the Facebook page. And uh, follow us on Twitter, 
at the TJ podcast. Um, so this week on the website, you uh, posted a, a story. Why don't you why don't you give us a rundown on, on what you wrote? Well, sure. I, uh, you know, I sure am, am glad that you let me write for you. You mentioned that we met each other. Do you remember the first thing? I, so you and I got together while my wife and I were vacationing in, in Washington. So she was there. Do you yeah. remember the first thing you said to her? Uh, I don't actually. You're going to have to remind me. You said, you asked her, is he such a wet blanket at home with the rest of your family? <laughs> and uh and that's you you mentioned my my little riffs early on with some of the, the desnat folks and uh so i'm i'm just lucky that you let a wet blanket like me write for you and contribute <laughs> i'm just really lucky see uh, before you say before you go on that's amazing i mean sometimes you like i w- i would have never ever remembered saying that to you right <laughs> and it's something you remember all these months later and i guess you know, you uh, remember the things that are said to you. I think it's something I guess we we can take to, into account when we're online or or in our real life interactions. Um, <laughs> what have I said to somebody else? Right, right. People remember the things that you said a lot more clearly than the things that you actually said. Oh, well, I would have never guessed. But yeah, uh, I I can. But I won't deny that I said that because that is definitely something that sounds like Dustin M. Turner. <laughs> well, I am. I am. I am happily. The Desnat wet blanket. I will. I will wear that label proudly. I think we've got new wet blankets out there, but go <laughs> that's they're gonna have to fight me first. I am. I am the first and the original. If they want to take that from me, they better be willing to earn it. Uh, no. So I wrote about essentially it's about uh, what I call inverses and the way that inverses make people uncomfortable. We are pretty good about talking about the commandments in a positive way. And when I say positive, I don't mean, uh, you know, happily or uh, nicely or anything like that. But we will, we will state the, the positive of something pretty easily. You know, the, the law of chastity is good. The word of wisdom is good. Uh, living the commandments is a good thing. Going on a mission is a good thing. Uh, and as we try to be witnesses will lean into that, right? You should go on a mission because that's a great thing. You should live the law of chastity because that's a great thing. But where we get into some difficulty is with the inverse of those statements. If living the law of chastity is a good thing, not living the law of chastity is a bad thing. If going on a mission is a good thing, not going on a mission can be a bad thing. And if we are, for example, the only true and living church upon the face of the whole earth, that means all of the other churches upon the face of the whole earth are apostate to some some degree, some kind of meaning. They're not the only true and living church, right? Right. And as good as they are, they cannot provide lasting happiness or eternal salvation. Now, we say something like that, and all of a sudden people start to get a little bit nervous, and they'll say things like, well, you're judging me, or so you mean to say I'm going to hell, or you, I'm a terrible person? Well, no, I'm not saying you're bad, and none of us can say that. I'm saying it's bad to not do this or not keep that commandment, but lots of people don't see that distinction. We say something like, and, and the reason that this came up is in relation to, I see it a lot with missionary service, right, because that is an incredibly 
scary thing to do. We are asking a great deal of our 18 and 19 year old young men and young women. And a lot of them get nervous about it and they step back from it. And that gives us the opportunity to be that witness, right? And to say, hey, if you are worthy and able and you choose not to serve a mission, you're not doing what's right. You are giving up profound blessings and uh, wonderful experiences and the opportunity to serve. And that's true even if you're reluctant or even if you are a great athlete or even if you have some financial difficulty and you have to work for a little while before you go on your mission. We say those kinds of things and man, people get, people get offended and, and angry. And I just, I wish that weren't the case because we're not passing judgments of any kind, whether those are intermediate judgments or final judgments. We're not talking about whether somebody's bad or going to hell. We're talking about what the commandments are, both in positive ways and in inverse kinds of ways. So what, what I think you've done is you've, you've taken the logical uh, reasoning and the logical conclusion of what people say separate the sin from the sinner, right? You're not judging the person as a bad person. You are saying unequivocally that, you know, if you're not doing a good thing, then you're either doing a less good thing or you are actually doing a bad thing. Right. Nobody wants to hear that. No, you know, people want to say, well, I'm good anyway. I'm still a good person. And, and, you know, so that the simple obvious thing that we say, well, you know, separate the sin from the sinner, um, you know, and, and everyone, everyone falls short. Um, and I think it's, I, I think it's really funny. It's something that I think we were going to talk about next week, but uh, it comes to mind. I, people have this, uh, a hard time, doing that it feels like they have a hard time doing that with us they 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 say wait 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 time out do you uh you you orthodox members are are imperfect in in this and this and this in this way right and and uh and you know how how can you how can you how dare you say that you know i should i should correct myself because you're clearly imperfect right and and that's that's exactly the point um the, the point is, is we need to be witnesses. Um, I know my failings. I know I've, you know, of today, you know, but I also know the blessings that I was able to give people, um, you know, using my priesthood or, or, or whatnot. The Lord still is able to use me as a witness. He's able to use me as, as somebody to bless others, um, regardless of, of, you know, what, what I've done. It doesn't mean that I don't need to correct myself. And I don't think people are able to to uh, manage that cognitive dissonance, you know, that somebody somebody as imperfect as I can say, you know what, you should go on a mission because you're you're losing out, right? Right. Well, that and that that hurts, right? That makes us that makes that 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 pierces our hearts to the very center because we we build up these narratives these stories in our in our heads we we come up with all these justifications for why in our situation a is okay or b is okay or c is okay and then all of a sudden we're confronted with with somebody who whether or not they're passing a judgment on our exceptions or our individual circumstances they're saying okay well this is still the standard this is still what we want to aim for generally and that, that sticks a little bit. And that, there's room in there for... Uh, so if, we go, 
Go ahead. No. Have you gotten the the question? Um, you don't have any boys, do you? I have like, one boy. My oldest is a boy. How, uh, how old is he? He just turned eight. Oh, wow. You are. He is coming up. Okay. I thought they were a lot younger. Um, so I got a 14-year-old and I got a 13-year-old. Um, I got a couple. I've got one eight-year-old. Um, anyway, so the, the question has come up, you know, are you going to go on a mission? And, and my 14-year-old is kind of like, well, I don't know. You know, I, I want to play sports, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, then I call him names. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> uh, I shame him uh, publicly and not in public. But no, the, so the question is, well, you know, I can still go to heaven. You know, I can still make it to the celestial kingdom without, you know, uh, going on a mission. Right. So it, it's the inverse of it's the inverse of, oh, you think I'm going to hell? You know, right. Except they're using it as positive. You know what? I can make it to the celestial kingdom uh, without without going on a mission. So what what need is there? And and quite frankly, the way I've responded it, to it is. The Lord, just like his priesthood, he's handing you a gift, right? And whether or not we open it, whether or not we take advantage of it, like it's it's a gift that we're never going to be able to get again, right? right. Um, there's, so, there's so many blessings that we receive, and we're just saying to the Lord, no, I don't want that gift. You know, I don't want those blessings. Um, and, and we can gain blessings in other ways, or we can do other things, and we can... We can still uh, go to the temple. We can still do many great things in this life. But there, there are blessings that we just rejected, and we can't recover those. I mean, plain and simple. And God is not, he's not in the business of making us do busy work. He doesn't give right. us commandments just for giggles. I mean, he, he gives us these laws and commandments and, and uh, recommendations or exhortations. Uh, because they will bless our lives. We know that from the scriptures, right? God made the Sabbath for man, not man for the Sabbath, because it's going to bless our life somehow. And yeah, if we want to spurn that and walk away from it, he's going to give us that option. But that shouldn't lessen the degree to which people who believe in this, who actually think this is legitimate, say, well, no, there's, there's blessings here. So we want to, this is how we want to live. And I wonder if that's part of the problem. People are uncomfortable with these inverses because they really don't believe it, right? They're fine with somebody saying, eh, I'm not going to do a mission because they don't think that it's worth anything. They, they see somebody breaking the law of chastity or choosing not to live the word of wisdom or, or being a little bit casual in how they observe the Sabbath day. And they, they think, well, it's no biggie, right? We, we all make mistakes. And then there's, there's some disconnect because if they believed in it, then it would be easier to say, Hey man, just so you know, there's, a better way. I don't know, but it's it's hard because people don't like that, do they, Dustin? No, and 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 that's a good point. I I I'm writing. I'm in the middle of writing something right now for the site, um, completely off of this topic, right? But the last paragraph is, you don't really have faith, right? A lot of people say they have faith, or they have, you know, they believe that God is all knowing, or. Uh, or whatnot, but they don't act like it. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, a lot of us say we have faith, but we're not showing it um, really. And and I think um, in this case, what you're talking about, people just really don't have the faith. Um, and that and that can be on both ends. It can be the the person receiving the counsel, and also the person giving it if if they're wishy washy enough, 
right? right. You know, <laughs> and you mentioned that. I mean, it's we all have those issues. We all have those struggles. There, there are things that I don't have the faith in that I should have faith in. People are going to hear you talking about this right now and think, "So you think I'm going to hell because I don't have faith?" Right? They're, they're going to do this exact thing with what we're talking about. But that's why it's so important to be very clear about these inverses because there are going to be people that are wishy-washy. There are going to be people that waffle about what to do, and it's important to have a, a clear standard to say, hey, this, this is explicitly what we've been taught. I get that you're waffling here. Come walk with me. Let's do this together because this is the right thing to do. Yeah. Yep. I think it was a great piece. All y'all should uh, go and read it. Um, uh, apply it. I, I always, uh, on every piece, I, I add some general conference talks. Um, I think I did some really good ones. Um, as usual. As usual is <laughs> absolutely right. I think uh, there's there's stuff that you can read and, and we try to, honestly, you know, for, for as much, um, I, I haven't mentioned this at all uh, during the podcast, for as much grief that we take on Twitter, uh, I really am proud of, of the website and the, and the things that we put up there. Um, I really think that they're edifying and and can kind of give give you a good perspective. It's kind of why I do the podcast as well. I've, I've heard people say, whoa, I listen to your podcast and you guys actually are human and I like you now. <laughs> you, it you makes a difference, little, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, you, you guys have a face, you have a voice. And and so uh, it's, it's kind of why I've done a lot of things um, that I do is I, I like people to know that, you know, behind behind my rough exterior, you know, there's, uh, a clean shaven, um, married, old, not, you know, just a, a normal just, guy, normal guy, normal guy. Right. Uh, let's do the tweets of the week first, and then we'll go into the listener questions. Uh, why don't you give us your nominee? Okay. My nominee is a thread from our, our friend, fake J Ruben Clark. He's at J Ruben. Clark with an I instead of an L in that last name there. Uh, if you're part of this Latter-day Saint Twitter atmosphere, you probably are aware of it because it got a lot of attention. But in this thread, JRC was talking about how, and, and here's just where he starts out. This thread is for the purpose of giving my dear sisters a sincere bit of counsel that I've given many times to individual men. If you are single and noticeably overweight or obese, your number one priority, both, both spiritual and temporal, must be to get in shape. Uh, and of course, he goes down there. He has to include the obvious caveats because, of course, that's what people are going to go for first. The, the bastardization of what he's saying in order to hold up a straw man and beat it down. But essentially, he makes a very compelling argument about why, if this is something that you believe is the most important thing, that you'll ever do or the most influential thing that that you could do in this life why not make the sacrifices necessary to better your chances is it is it fair that men don't like chubbier women on average well maybe it's not fair i'm sorry but that's the reality that we live in and so why don't you put your best foot forward to increase your chances of nabbing that solid Latter-day Saint young man and starting a family with him. And like you said at the forefront, it's the same for young men, whether that issue is an issue of, of weight or whether it's something else like video games or schooling or just general 
disheveledness. If you have something that's making you a less attractive prospect, well, get on that thing, you dummy, because this is the most important thing you can do. And so I think that's a wonderful thread. You could apply it to anything, but it's, it's a great distillation of how you should think about what your goals are and what are keeping you from those goals so that you can accomplish what you actually want to accomplish. Yeah, I mean, it's a really good point. If it's not that important to you, then, you know, going to the temple isn't that important to you, right? Right. You, you, could, you can argue that. And uh, everyone who was upset by his thread, <laughs> I declare goobers. They are That's all right. You know, I was, I was a missionary and Elder Scott, Richard G. Scott, came to my mission and he, he spoke at a YSA fireside and he told a story of a young man, consequently, who came to him and said something to the effect of, when is God going to give me a wife? Uh, and the apostle told us, I don't know how much he told this young man, but he told us about how he was a little bit overweight and had issues of his own and he, and he thought effectively, he's not. You get off your rear end and take care of that yourself. And, and, and it's true. If there are things that are keeping us from these most important goals, well, don't worry about finding the right one. Figure out how to be the right one. And then whatever will be, will be, right? Yeah, things will fall into place. So I'm going to, I've got, uh, I had one from uh, Jay Rubin Clark, but I'm going to save that for next week because uh, it's going to be uh, on a different topic. Um, but I've got a couple. I've got a kind of uh, more serious one and then a funny one. So I've got one from Jay Beardy. Uh, his uh, Twitter handle is at LDS Beard. I think we do him every week. Um, <laughs> but this is really good. Remember how a month ago, thousands of missionaries came home from lots of different countries and all those families met them at the airport and we were told we would be the epicenter of coronavirus. One month later, and we still don't even have 50 deaths in the state. Uh, and I, I reply, it looks like I replied to that in all caps. Thank you, Beard Man. <laughs> uh, that was my way of saying amen. So uh, JP is gone, and my account is normally just a retweet uh, account of JP Bellum, because I really like him, and he's my friend, and I miss him. Okay. But I have a new favorite account while he's gone. Uh, it's been it's been really impressive to see this account step up to the plate in in his absence for my entertainment. That's why you all are here is for my entertainment. Uh, so, uh, today this tweet went up. the The account is the old man is here. Uh, he goes by the old man, and he he uh, he made a meme, and it says got my lesson ready for primary this Sunday. And he's got four standards of hot dogs, uh, one with everything on it, uh, next to a sun, one with uh, not as much uh, on it, uh, next to the moon. A chili dog is out of the stars, and a hot dog with just ketchup is outer darkness. And I thought that was a terrific meme. Because that was a terrific one. If, if people haven't seen that, they should go look at his account just to see that. The old man is here. He, the old man, he is really funny. Uh, I enjoy him. Uh, I don't know how old men can make memes like that. Um, I'm thoroughly impressed. <laughs> I got a question. Why aren't you on the Desnap block list yet? And that was in regards to my, to the TJ podcast account. 
And the reason I am not on the block list is because I blocked them first. Oh. <laughs> I pre as soon as I made the account, I preemptively blocked. Um, let's see. You like the Hydra, Dustin. Strike one head down and two more pop up in its place. I know, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nothing like my brother, though. <laughs> he gets suspended every other week. Okay. Well, you got to keep him from that because I like his handle right now. Fair Dinkum Saint, right? That's Yes. You know what that keeper. means, right? I do. Yeah, so we are we we're uh not native Australians, but our our, our father is a native Australian. Uh I was actually conceived in Australia. Uh -huh. but, uh, born in the United States. And so yes, we are Fair Dinkum Aussies. Um okay. This one from uh, Jay Beardy. Uh, how okay is Coca-Cola or Mountain Dew according to Doctrine and Covenants 89? No oh, goodness. Perfectly okay, right? That's the answer. All these people who want to prohibit caffeine are goobers, like you said earlier. Uh, <laughs> get that nonsense out of here, right? I mean, it's it's fine if you want to make your own personal guardrails and, and uh, take into your own weaknesses and shortcomings when it comes to living the commandments but man get that nonsense out of here i i like my dr pepper and i like it leaded and you ain't taking that away from me so i was going to make a okay i was going to make a different point but you actually made the the correct point uh, dr pepper is okay uh mountain dew i drank one can of mountain dew in seventh grade and that was the first and only time I ever drank Mountain Dew. I saw the people in school around me who drank Mountain Dew, and they are clearly apostates and are going to hell. Um, you got to be careful. Those are Ebert's people that you're talking about there. <laughs> Very few of them repent. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, and then Coca-Cola. I never drank Coca-Cola before my mission. And I have not drank Coca-Cola after my mission, but during my mission, I lived on Coca-Cola because <laughs> it was either that or Mexican water. And you were still baptizing congregations, right? You get the pastors that come up to you and says, please teach at my pulpit. Oh yeah, it was, uh, I was basically Wilford Woodruff down in Mexico. Let's, basically so. Basically the same, so, but yeah, Coca-Cola. Uh, was a staple. I remember. I think when I first got there, I re I rejected my first Coca Cola, and because um, I thought it was against the rules. And after so long, I realized it wasn't against the rules. So I drank that stuff like water, uh, like non Mexican water. <laughs> but I'm with you. I'm I'm a Dr Pepper and I'm a Pepsi guy, and I need to repent just because I'm fat, not because it's bad. Right, the sugar's gonna kill you long before that caffeine's gonna kill you. All right, so let's see, we'll do two more. Um, no, let's just do one more. The other questions are dumb. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is from my friend. He's his name is Travis, and he actually served a mission uh, up in Washington where I lived, and so I was his ward mission leader. And uh, so we're buddies. And so he said he had this question. It's been going on with his, uh, he's been kind of going back and forth with his wife. And this is, so he was a good boy. He got married right away. And he's already got a kid, my heavens. All right. So where does my responsibility lay as member of the church in how I vote? In the past, it seems that church members felt the need to vote for policy 
that was in line with the commandments and teachings of the church. Now it seems that the church is trying to be more apolitical than ever. Lately, I feel like most of the politics, especially social issues, are ir ir uh, irrelevant to me. For example, marijuana, I could care less about people smoking or drinking alcohol, for that matter. I would just say, let people live their lives and choose as they please. However, I understand the blessings of living the commandments, but is it my responsibility to vote for other people to live them? You answer that first before I tear him a new one. Well, <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I see his comment about the church trying to be apolitical, and I wonder if it's just because it's increasingly difficult to to find uh, good fellowship with any of the political parties because there's going to be issues irregardless, regardless, not irregardless. Dang it, you would correct that as my editor if I put I that would, in a TJ I would correct post. that. I would correct that. Uh, but I, I mean, in real life, I don't I don't correct grammar only in written life. Well, that's that's probably that's probably for the best. But you think about <clears throat> how much Nephi's politics mattered. How much do we care about that today? We don't even know what how how would he fit into our modern political spectrum? We have no idea. There's no there's no correlation there. What would what would Moroni or Mormon have? I mean, it's just you think Moroni about how, would, uh, Captain Moroni was clearly all right. That's <laughs> <laughs> the hardcore neoconservative. The apostate said so. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but I just, you think of how important politics are right now and, and how little they matter to people who are even just 100 or 150 years removed from where we are. I mean, you look at early American politics and there's nothing that we can find that's anything like what we experience today. And I just think the church is so much bigger and grander than that. So we, we teach the commandments, we live the commandments, we follow the Savior as best we can. And if you find corollaries in political parties then then go for it and be your own man uh but we shouldn't try to force fit some modern political system onto the church i don't know but you you probably have better thoughts than i do because you are a political powerhouse Dustin. so yeah and he knows this because he was serving uh his mission while i was working on a campaign up there so he <laughs> did this on purpose uh, I will say your comment is exactly correct. The to to be able to fit the church inside a political po party is literally impossible. The people who do it are goobers, uh, and most most likely they will end up apost uh, being apostates, whether they are on the right or the left. So do not uh, prop up a political party as uh, word of God. What what I will say, however. <clears throat> was his broader point that we shouldn't care about social issues and this is where i laugh at my libertarian friends like ebp <laughs> okay. um, we laugh at him a lot because he he talks about agency we can't we can't legislate agency or we can't legislate morality right mm -hmm. and uh so i ask you uh do we throw uh do we give somebody a ticket or throw them in jail if they drunk drive we do we Absolutely do we do it's, that sounds to me like we're legislating morality uh <laughs> and so you know you can you can go up and down the list thou shalt not kill is one of the ten commandments it also happens to be you know against the law so we are in in that case legislating morality um there are a lot of there are a lot of ways in which 
you know, we legislate morality. It's not only for the, the best for the individual, but it's best for the society that we do uh, do as such. It has nothing to do with impeding on somebody's agency. With agency comes consequences. Like, you still, even though it's against the law to kill somebody, you still have the right to choose to kill somebody. You're not taking away their agency to do that. You're just, it, you're inputting a, a consequence for that. If there was no law for drunk driving and somebody hurts me or, or damages my property or, or heaven forbid, kills me or a loved one, um, if there was no law on the books, then there would be no recourse or punishment. That's why God has laws. God has laws. See, this is not a political question. This is actually a spiritual question. God has laws, right? So that there are consequences. If there were no laws, there could be no consequence. And, and I think that we need to take that into account when we're voting, not because of a political party, but because of our values. And, and there's a lot of, there are a lot more things that we vote on other than candidates. We, we vote on a lot of things that, you Plastic know. Plastic bags in our grocery stores. Right, right. How much do you pay for your bags? 10 cents, dang it. I'm so, yeah, see, we actually moved away from a county specifically because they charged for bags and we did not, <laughs> we did not want to pay for bags. So right. yeah, it's the little things, it's the big things, but, um, you know, I, at, at, you know, in a previous life, maybe 10 years ago when I was young and stupid, probably the age of, of Travis, about 25, I, I fancied myself a libertarian. Um, and, and honestly, it's because I'd gone through high school. I took government classes and, you know, my, my government teacher was a liberal and I kind of got sick of getting beat down every single day, you know, uh, you know, even in Utah, you'd hear that. And it, and it was like, it's a lot easier for me to say, oh, I'm a fiscal conservative, but I'm socially neutral. And, and you know what? Um, we did that for so long. Um, people kept on saying, well, it's, you know, it's none of the business. It's none of your business what gays do in their bedroom, right? Well, unfortunately, ever since the law has passed that has that legalized gay marriage, it's become more of our business, it seems like. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's become more of our business. It's more in our face and, and more of our decisions are impacted um, because of that. And, and so the same people that said, well, it's none of my business how people you know, govern themselves, um, us, us retreating from that battlefield has deeply affected our culture. We have a right to decide what kind of society we want to live in, what kind of morals we want to uphold. And it's true that, that really the whole purpose of this life hinges on agency and our ability to choose and make decisions and learn from the good and the bad. Uh, but for these really big ticket items, we, yeah, I, I've, I've started to move away. I, I used to be, for example, kind of a free speech absolutist. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's still some some lines of that in me somewhere as I figure out where I land on these issues. But if we decide that some kind of what's been called speech now, something even like pornography, if that's not something we want in our society, uh, then maybe we have the right to legislate that just because the impact from that is so tremendous and so detrimental. Uh, agency is still good. We still want to prop it up and be proponents of it. Uh, but uh, we still got to be able to, to control the kind of world that we live in to the best of our ability yeah and and obviously um 
you know, we're, we're two, you know, um, you know, middle-aged guys. Uh, we've gone through some battles. We've gone through the, the thinking process in our mind through years and years of experience, you know what I'm saying? And, and so this isn't something that we've come up with, uh, on a whim. And, and like you said, you're kind of still navigating, well, where, where, where do I fall on these issues? And, and I feel myself the same way. I'm, I'm constantly evolving. I'm constantly rethinking and I'm constantly saying, okay, where, where, where is this in, in the important, you know, in the, in the, you know, level of importance, is this really worth fighting for? Is this really worth, you know, uh, going to battle for? And, and some things I've let go and some things I've, come back and said no we've got to be even stronger on this and and um i think a lot of people that you know uh blanketly call somebody like myself closed-minded right uh i think i've done more thinking and more evolving and more changing of my mind um and and i can see that you're uh, of a similar ilk than than you know a lot of our detractors would give us credit for right So, Danny, uh, do you have any last words before we uh, let go? I I don't. I this was fun. I uh, I'll be excited to have JP come back, but uh, I appreciate you letting me on and spend some some time with you on the podcast today. Awesome. And I'm actually working on another project. I just uh, I'm going to announce it real quick. The uh, I've I was kind of thinking about this and, and mulling it over for a little while, but I want to do a smaller podcast, um, do kind of a podcast network, you know, all under the same umbrella of Radio Free Deseret, but uh, do a, a smaller podcast uh, where we share missionary experiences, um, do like a 15 minute uh, cast where we uh, take these experiences that we had and, and kind of apply them to, to gospel lessons. And so I'm going to be inviting people on and, and having more guests on, on those kinds of podcasts. So uh, I'm hoping to start it next week. Um, and, and that'll be coming up shortly, but I do appreciate you uh, joining me, Danny. Look forward to having JP back soon. And until next time, Brigham Young did nothing wrong. about you.
by whether it honors or excludes you. In the shame culture, moral life is not built on the continuum of right and wrong. It's built on the continuum of exclusion and inclusion. Everybody is perpetually insecure in a moral system based on inclusion and exclusion. Everybody is perpetually insecure. Everybody is perpetually insecure. Everybody is perpetually insecure. standards, just the shifting judgment of the crowd. It's a culture of oversensitivity, overreaction, and frequent moral panics, during which everybody feels compelled to go along. The guilt culture could be harsh. At least you could hate the sin and still love the sinner. The modern shame culture allegedly values inclusion and tolerance, but it can be strangely unmerciful to those who disagree and those who don't fit in. Those who don't fit in, those who don't, and those who don't fit in, those who don't, and those who don't fit in.